Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Good morning and welcome to the Canterbury Sports Show brought to you by Enterprise Recruitment, the recruitment company improving people's lives for over 50 years. And it's a busy old show. In just a moment, we're going to talk to Robert Van Royen, the Stuff Crusaders reporter, about the big game tonight at Orange Theory Stadium and also Rugby League. And we'll check out just some of the things that are happening around the Canterbury area. But first up, it's quarterfinal time. The Crusaders haven't lost a title in the Super Rugby since 2017, up against the Fijian Drua, who beat them back in round three. Now, Robert Van Royen is the stuff reporter for the Crusaders, and I wonder whether that loss, 25-24 in the 83rd minute back in round three, Rob, sits a little heavily with the Crusaders. Yeah, yeah, morning, yeah, absolutely it does. Uh, and, and look, I think, you know, Scott Robinson pointed it out yesterday. Like a, a lot's changed since then in, in the context of the competition. It's uh, it's playoff footy now, and, and look, the Crusaders um, they they sent a, obviously they sent a weakened team over to Fiji, and the conditions played a, a massive part in, the, in that game. And uh, a hell of a result for the draw, and and, and that sort of set up to be a run, right? It's sort of ever since that game. I mean, they sure they lost um, lost to the Blues at home after that, but you know they tipped over the Hurricanes, and it really sort of set up the draw to. Um, Make a bit of a fortress at home, you know. The, the, everyone's spoken about how difficult it is to to play over there. Um, the temperatures, it's just energy sapping, and and the Fijian draw just suits their style of play. But um, look, it's going to be uh, single degrees here in Christchurch tonight <laughs> come kick off. So a, v- a very different story. Uh, they, look, they came over here last year and got done sixty-one-three uh, in Christchurch. So look, I don't know if it'll quite be like that, but I'm I'm not giving the draw a chance to be fair. Wow. Okay. Well, spoken like a true Cantabrian. But do, do we read anything though, Rob, into the fact that they they belted the Reds, or are we just saying Reds have had a poo season anyway? Oh no, that, that was that was a really good performance. But the, the Reds are, are banged up, and uh, look, so are the Crusaders. I mean, they're still missing ten. If you look at the contracted roster from you know which they named for the season, there's still ten players out um, out through injury. Uh, and that's not including the, the under twenties guys uh, who, who are out of course as well now uh, of the World Cup. So um, the Reds, well, the Reds aren't a flash team to be fair. Yes, they did come over and beat a weak Chiefs team, but and, and that was again over in Fiji. Look, over in Fiji, they're they're a different side. I mean, you look at their results this season; they've been incredible at home. Um, but then you look at them on the road, and they've, they've even struggled when they've gone and faced them with those weaker Australians in, in Australia. You so here, so here's my point. Reading about what Mick Byrne now, Mick Burney's worked with the Wallabies and and notably with the very successful All Blacks uh, at, in that successful period. And I love what he said, Rob. He goes, you know, I, I, the team hold themselves back. Some of they almost lack faith in their own ability. And in that Reds game, they were they trailing. He said, look, just go, you know, go full noise, and that's what they did. Do you think they are capable of doing that in Christchurch? Oh, I think I think I do think that they'll come out uh, firing. I, I think the first twenty or so, especially, we might see uh, some really good stuff from them. But reality is, yeah, the, the Crusaders uh, have yeah they've named the strongest side that they can name through the injury, and I just don't think what Fiji's 
the drill is best against what the Crusaders bring in playoff rugby in the cold in Christchurch. Uh, look, they'll they'll definitely um, be eager to, to play with that set piece game and and put the draw back in their own half. I can't. They're not going to play into their hands. Um, as much as everyone would want to see, we want to see some good running rugby because gee, they're just so good to watch. Like out of all the teams, I think the draw. I, I, you know, I'd enjoy watching them more than anyone else because they play just such an incredible game. You know, guys like Ravolvo and. Frank Lamani, a halfback, he just sparks in. Look, they take quick taps from everywhere. They just run it from everywhere. But, um, yeah, that's going to be a little bit... That could really come back to bite them in Christchurch if they try that. Just just use the, the conditions tonight. Do, do you think maybe it's that old case of, you know, some teams... It's a bit like the English rugby league team. Terrible travellers, regardless of how good they are. Do you think it's going to be more, more of the head game... For the for the Druids tonight, the, the Crusaders will just try and grind them down. Yeah, I do. I do think there'll be a fair bit of that, and um, that's just what they do in playoffs, right? And, and we know since, since this competition, uh, the competition's inception in '96, Crusaders never lost a home playoff game a twenty-seven and zero, which is a phenomenal <laughs> record. And and, 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 a, and a lot of that's due to they just know how to um, how, how to play this time of the year and. While they don't have the luxury of, you know, since since 2017 under Robertson, like they've had a lot of these titles have been won by them grinding teams down in that second half and they've had the luxury of taking off All Blacks front rowers and replacing them with All Blacks front rowers. Obviously, they're missing four props, including three All Blacks. So they don't have that luxury anymore, but they do have Ollie Yeager back. Mikey Williams is playing really good rugby. So the, the four pack should, um, should still be good enough against the draw. I do have doubts when it comes to the next couple of weeks um, they're going to struggle a bit more if they if they advance and they face say, the Blues and potentially Chiefs in a final how, how that front um, how the four pack will go just because they don't have that depth that they've had in recent years Yeah, and you see that's where I, I question whether you think the Crusaders roll home this evening because the one thing about winning championships is having a fully fit team all the time right and they haven't had one of those seasons they've been very un-Crusader like yeah, no, you, you did right. You did right, but I still just I, I, the reason why I'm saying I'm not picking sixty-one three. I'm picking more like a you know thirty, thirty, <laughs> thirty or so. Um, do, you, do you give the Drew any chance of getting on the board? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I do give them a chance on the board. Um, but I just go back to the way the fact how much the draw have struggled everywhere on the road this season, even against some of those weaker Aussie teams, and, and that's still when you look. You look at that Crusader starting line; it's still pretty, it's still pretty damn good. And they, they're getting some black out of back, some impact off the bench, and it's still a pretty, um, a, a, you know, very good side, starting side. It's just the depth. Um, but yeah, I just think they they just smart guys. Like um, I just know how to play this time of year, and I, I really do think Richie Moanga he will kick the, put them put in the draw back into their own half, and they'll rely on their line out. The draw's um, line out's been very shaky, mm-hmm. so um, yeah, I just feel like the set piece in the cold. Um, should be should be too good. <laughs> How big an out is Sam Whitelock? Yeah, like, it's not so much. I mean, it's not so much this week. It's again, it's the next two weeks, and then even beyond for the All Blacks. I mean, like Kelly's niggles, uh, they you know they can drag on for, for months, and it might be something that he has to. The way they've been um, speaking about it, it mm. sounds like one they are really going to have to manage. So, look, he came off at halftime against the Hurricanes, which I think was sensible. There was nothing on the line in terms of the ladder last week in that game. Um, I don't think they'll necessarily miss him tonight. I mean, Quentin Strange, I mean, Scott Barrett moves back from sixth into the second row. 
Um, yeah, I don't know if I'm missing so much tonight, but the next two weeks, again, if he's not fit, uh, Scott Robson did say, did say that um, he is confident, or he's hopeful, sorry, hopeful that they've got another week or two out of him if, if they progress uh, tonight. See, now you've hung around Scott Robinson enough to, to get a feeling of body language. What was his body language like yesterday talking to the media? Do you sense confidence or is he just holding back a little bit as as if unsure? I, 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 no, I did sense confidence. Um, I definitely sense the confidence out of him. He's always uh, quite confident. Um, not, probably not as confident as, as last year. Uh, just mm. a quick story about last year. I, I, had to, I ducked off to America for about four weeks ahead of... Um, so I basically missed the whole playoffs, and as I left, just before I just said to him, oh, um, I said, I'll, I, I said, I'll, I'll be back the week of the final. So if, if you if you're in the final, I'll see you then. He just straight away said, I'll see you for the final. So that was how confident he was last year. Um, <laughs> I didn't quite get, maybe not quite that this year, but he's, oh, he's definitely confident. Um, he's definitely not. Look, he's been he's been asked. Um, he's not being reflective anyway. He's really not getting into the whole. Look, it could be over this week, it could be over next week, even though we know it's going to be over in the next three weeks, um, depending on how far they go. But he just uh, keeps uh, insisting he's just going to enjoy it as much as he can. Um, he'll talk about the reflective stuff when it is over. Do you, do you think the Crusaders can go as far as the final this year, or is it going to, are they going to slip somewhere? I think that, yeah, I, I think they can go as far as the final, and that's, but I think the best chance to win the title this year would be for um, for the Hurricanes to, to. I do think the Hurricanes would be the Brumbies. My pick, the Brumbies is my pick, and I just think it could be a, a you know a Blues Crusaders. Um, see me, I could see them getting past the end. The Blues, the blues are, are banged up, especially in the second row, which is a, a stinger for them. Um, but if they had to go face the Chiefs in the final with this, without your Havilis, without. Uh, without all those All Blacks props, um, yeah. without Sevier Reese, who's been out, I, I don't know. I don't think I could see them beating the Chiefs with this week inside in the final. Um, yes, yeah, so as I say, I think they'd need the Hurricanes to potentially topple the Chiefs in a semi and give them a home a home final. If the Hurricanes, yep, I could see them doing it. Oh, um, finally some yeah. balance coming out of Christchurch. Well <laughs> done, my friend. Here I was saying no, they'll just go all the way. Chiefs, nah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that Chiefs team. No one could argue that they've been they've been incredible. Yes, starting from round one here in Christchurch when they beat Crusaders by twenty one points, which is the tide for the the largest defeat under Scott Robertson. So, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, that match the one the Highlanders beat them a few years ago um, down here. So, I, I the Chiefs are, are the are my favourites to win the title from here. I mean, that said, of maintained if the Crusaders if they had everyone healthy, I could still see them. Going to Hamilton, but as it is now, it would uh, how if they did that, I think this would. Um, I think I've written a couple of times that if Robert, if the Crusaders win the title this year with the run of injuries they've had, uh, it would definitely rival 2017, where they very closely when they went to South Africa and beat the Lions in front of 60 odd thousand. Ah, dreams are free, mate. Dreams are free. That's okay. <laughs> the the other big story coming out of Crusader Country, though, is that uh, Lester Fa'anganuku is off to Toulon, only on a 19-month contract. Now, how hard did Scott Robinson try and keep him, and was it an amicable sort of discussion? Oh, it was really hard. I mean, and, and I caught up with uh, Lester the day before. Uh, it was confirmed, and, and look, New Zealand rugby, and Scott Robinson was heavily involved in the Conversations uh, is is the 
fullbacks coach in waiting and and left his words they threw the kitchen sink at him so this wasn't his own rugby dropping the ball this was Leicester just wanting he's got itchy feet um, he wants to go he wants to try a few things and Robertson did say yesterday that if you look at it the other way it's, it's a loss but it's also a win and it's in the fact that it is only 19 months um, the fact that he would only be 25 when he's, when he's off contract in France so look he could he could come back. There's obviously that opportunity, and Razor will. He's said he'll he'll stay in touch with him, and Leicester said he expects Razor to be in his ear the entire time. So, um, yeah, look, they wanted him desperately, and, and Razor, and, and trying to retain him, he they basically laid out how, what they saw in him, basically what they saw in him in the next few years in the black jersey specifically. And look, Robertson's always talked about wanting you want to have a power wing on at least one of the wings, and that's what they've always had. The last few years here with Sevier Reese on one and then Leicester on the other. Like he can play in the midfield. He's become a really rounded wing as well. He's, he's become really a good player under the high ball. Um, so a, a big loss and, and they desperately want to keep him. But he could be back at, at the same time. So um, the reality is he could really just love it over in France and, and stick about. You've been around this game long enough to understand how rugby works and, and what goes through the minds of many people. Does it concern you any more that young players are shunning, and I say that sort of politely, shunning the black jersey just for a better lifestyle and maybe to set themselves up early? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think this one, I think when it's 23, it definitely has uh, got to be a worry, but I think with Leicester having dealt with him ever since he came to the Crusaders and uh, since he debuted here in, in 2019, he's always been a bit of a, I a free spirit, he's always sort of had a bit of a Itchy feet almost. He's knowing nothing but rugby park, and uh, I've been. I spoke to his agents as well, and they've been fending off offers a few years ago. It was the same. They were fending off when he signed his last deal in New Zealand. Um, they were fending off offers everywhere, including NRL offers. They've had league league clubs targeting Leicester, including before he even played Super Rugby. So look, it's been a constant theme. So he's constantly been considering, and what's he going to do? Where's he going to go? The All Blacks experience last year for him wasn't great. Um, he yeah. expected a few more minutes than he got. He played those first two Irish tests and then he, we didn't see him again and he, he left home early for personal reasons later in the year. It wasn't a great experience for him. That said, he's, look, he's desperate to make the World Cup team and this year and make the All Blacks and, and not just make the squad but play. So, um, yeah, um, he's definitely excited by the prospect of Scott Robinson taking them over. He credits him big time for his rise here and in Union. So uh, he did say, "Look, he'll the way they he's on rugby and raise a push for him." He said that'll he'll keep that in mind while he's uh, overseas. Fair enough, Robert Van Royen. Uh, make sure you're wrapped up warmly tonight at Orange Theory Stadium. Good as cheers, mate. There you go, Robert Van Royen, the Crusaders reporter for Stuff. Orange Theory Stadium tonight at 7.05, the quarterfinal, the Crusaders against the Fijian Drua. Still to come on the Enterprise Recruitment Canterbury Sports Show, we talk local rugby league. Saturday morning, this is the Enterprise Recruitment Canterbury Sports Show. Time to talk the great game of rugby league. None better in the Canterbury area than Will Evans from Canterbury Rugby League. Morning to you, Will. Morning, Stephen. How are you? Yeah, mate. I'm, I'm on. I'm on. I'm on top of the world. Let's just say that. Now, where are we sitting at the moment with local rugby league and Mazzetti Cup and the likes? Uh, so we had a, a bit of 
a break over uh, King's Birthday weekend and straight back into it with the Mazzetti Cup Premiership uh, this weekend. It's pretty tight at the top. Limwood Cares and Hornby Panthers, the uh, traditional heavyweights, they're locked on uh, top spot and 14 points with seven wins from, from nine rounds. So um, every win, obviously, important from here on out. There's uh, six rounds to go. Uh, this weekend, we've got a crucial clash on... Um, Obviously, the, the game on uh, Friday night was played between Eastern Eagles and the Horswell Hornets, but today's action sees uh, Rickett and Knights hosting Linwood Cares. The, the Knights are only 2-7, uh, and seven, but they've been in great form, uh, come up with pushing the top teams really hard, and uh, that'll be a tough one for the Cares out there at Crosby Park. And then Hornby Panthers, uh, it's their club day, actually hosting Northern Bulldogs, who are... Uh, um, Looking for their first win since round one. Unfortunately, the Bulldogs, a bit of a tough drop for them. Panthers on fire. They upset the Cares in the grand final rematch uh, a couple of weekends ago. So uh, they've got some real momentum going and pushing the Cares to top spot. Um, so they'll be expecting to get, get the win out there at Leslie Park this afternoon. Uh, the kickoff time's all, all the same for the Premiers? Yeah, 2.45 p.m. Uh, our Saturday games kick off. So, yeah, both those games uh, kick off then. And uh, the in the uh, IEC Canterbury Cup, which is about to split into two uh, two separate divisions, the top six will uh, remain in the Premier Reserves competition. The bottom five will split into Division One. Uh, essentially, we've already sorted um, those teams for the, uh, with a three point gap between sixth and seventh there. So, uh, the proud Papanui Tigers will be heading down to Division One uh, with. Rickett and Knights, Northern Bulldogs, Shirley Hawks and Burnham Chevaliers. Uh, but all results are really crucial still. They'll carry over those points um, into the, the rest of the season for that final uh, round robin over the next five weeks. Um, and Papua Nui Tigers still in the box seat to get a shot at a return to um, Canterbury Cup in 2024 with the promotion relegation system. There'll be a promotion relegation match um, in early August between the bottom place team in the um, in the new top six Premier Reserve, so, uh, so that uh, competition will consist of Greymouth, the Greyhounds, who are still unbeaten at the top of the table, um, Eastern Eagles, Ashburn, Barbarians, Limwood Cares, Horsball Hornets and Hornby Panthers occupying that sixth spot at the moment. Uh, the Greyhounds uh, hold the Thacker Shield at the moment and they'll be putting that up again in Greymouth at Wingham Park Um this afternoon against Torswell Hornets. Uh, that game kicks off at 2.45 in Greymouth. The, the rest of the uh, Canterbury Cup games are on at 1pm. Uh, it, it is so nice to see West Coast Rugby League back where it belongs. I know it's 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 been a long time, and I think I said this to you a long time ago. When I lived on the West Coast, man, supporting Cobden Cohen or a club team over there, they love their footy over there. So to see it uh, refresh now is really strong. Look, I've been um, calling some Auckland Rugby League uh, on Wednesday nights and watching the women's premiership has been a real revelation. The, the standard of play has been outstanding. What's going on with the women's premiership in Canterbury at the moment? Uh, so we've got our five club uh, competition down here consisting of Linwood, Sydenham, Walston, Burnham and Eastern. Uh, Linwood Cares are the defending champs. They've been pretty dominant again this season, unbeaten. Um, but a big game this Sunday, 1pm at Linwood Park. They take on Sydenham Swans. Uh, the grand final rematch, the first or the second grand final rematch of the season. Uh, during the first round of uh, round robin matches, it was a tight one. Uh, Kia's getting up 30 to 20, so expecting another 
close fourth clash there. Um, and the other match this weekend sees Wolston uh, host Burnham, so that's going to be crucial for deciding third spot as the season uh, gets down towards the business end. But, uh, yeah, a tight-knit uh, community down here in Women's Rugby League and um, and a really, yeah, a great competition. But at this stage, it looks like it's going to be another Linwood Sydenham grand final. Wow, Linwood showing that they know their rugby league in both the Premier Men's and Premier Women's. Alrighty, big news this week. One of the good guys in rugby league, Rion Edwards, has returned to become the Canterbury Rugby League president. It was announced earlier this week. Uh, how important is it to have someone that's actually played the game, won a, won a competition uh, for with Horswell, the Premiership in 2003? How important is it to have a rugby league person with smart administrative skills back in the game in Canterbury? Oh, it's great. I mean, as you said, Rion's a great guy, but um, spent a lifetime in rugby league and got so much experience um, at all levels of the game serving on Southern's own board. He's been on the Canberra Rugby League board before, uh, chaired that board, chaired the New Zealand Rugby League board, and then has been um, the director on the International Rugby League board for several years now. So, to have someone of that sort of vast experience is um, invaluable for the game at grassroots level here. He's, he's so passionate about it, besides being incredibly uh, knowledgeable. And uh, he's, uh, in recent seasons, he's been um, helping out some some of our local clubs um, uh, with their sort of background stuff, which and getting best practices in there and, and helping with their governance, which is you know so important for these grassroots clubs. They're run by volunteers essentially, so. Uh, to have him, you know, in the sort of overseeing role as president, it's, um, it's uh, yeah, it's a real coup for uh, Canterbury Rugby League. It really is just an overseeing role. It's not a, a, a totally active job, isn't it? It's more of a guidance role, isn't it, to, to bring that experience to play? Yeah, that's right. It's, it's non-operational, but uh, I think someone like Rayon, um, you know, knowing what he's like, he'll be um, eager to... You know, to get to get his hands on things and help wherever he's needed. Certainly, um, you know, it's, it's it's more than an honorary position, and certainly will be with um, with Rion in the role. He'll um, yeah, he'll provide some very valuable guidance. Uh, mate, before we take a look at the latest round of the NRL of uh, today's matches and also tomorrow, and I see there's a Monday night match as well. Uh, Eels Bulldogs. I just want to get your thoughts. Uh, you, Canterbury had a pre-season game with the Warriors against the Storm, and then the Napier has had a game. What are the chances, do you think, of having the Warriors back again? Down in, down in Christchurch? Yeah, I think it's, uh, yeah it's, it's a great chance. I mean, you know, you saw the appetite for it with the uh, with the big crowd for a pre-season trial, um, and, you know, a lot, a lot of the time it can depend on how the Warriors are going. Obviously, they're flying at the moment, and I think, you know, you just about sell out... Um, sell out the, the ground to Addington there. I think once the new stadium is here, we'll get regular NRL uh, footy down here for sure. Um, yeah, it's more, I guess it's more about the appetite for NRL clubs to bring their home games against the Warriors down here. Um, but yeah, I'm, it's only a matter of time, I'm sure, uh, before we see more, more NRL action down here. All righty, let's uh, talk about the the NRL tonight. Uh, Dragons against the Rabbitohs. Dragons are all over the place. They're a bit hit and miss and still trying to figure out who their coach is going to be. But the Rabbitohs, uh, injury issues. Uh, Dragons are a chance here. Yeah, they're a funny one, the Dragons. They um, they were awful against uh, the Dolphins a couple of weeks ago. Uh, turned up at Penrith last Sunday, obviously, 
Panthers uh, hit by that Clary injury, but the Dragons almost pulled that one off. Um, last on the ladder, you know, looking at their first wooden spoon in the joint ventures history, haven't got a coach for next year. Their top, you know, their top prospects to coach them rejected them. The sponsor is cutting them loose. It's, it's a tough old time out there for the Dragons, but yeah, I think as long as Ben Hunt's in that number seven, they're a chance of um, knocking off anyone just about. And the Rabbitohs, as you said, have got a few few out with trails out, uh, Murray, Arrow. So, yeah, it's a bit of a tough mid-season stretch for South, who um, were absolutely flying only a few weeks ago. But, um, yeah, they'll, you can't afford to drop games again. Things at the bottom, so big one for South. Yeah, t- I tell you what, though, uh, there's talk, real heavy talk now, that uh, Hunt could go to the Dogs. And I'm a Dogs man, so I'm not unhappy about that. Let's just leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> Broncos, you've you got to love watching the Broncos, but I still think the Knights, the Knights can be that fly in the ointment. Yeah, a bit of a danger team, the Knights. Obviously, Caelan Ponga looks a bit more settled at fullback. Uh, a lot of strike power in that three-quarter line. Greg Marcy has been one of the bargain buyers of the season. Tom Young, best. Uh, so a lot of quality there, even though they're sort of you know down at 12th on the ladder. They're still a bit of a threat. Broncos, though, uh, how well are they navigating this, this rep period? You know, we've come, come over and beat the uh, Warriors in Napier with a with a pretty uh, understrength team and then upset the Sharks uh, with four players backing up. So, yeah, you've got to really uh, respect them as a premiership threat. Um, now the Broncos equal top of the ladder and I think they'll they'll get it done um, at Suncorp against tonight. Young, strong and fast. That's how I describe the Broncos at the moment. Well, I just I just love I just love watching them play. Now, there's one team and I, you say this all the time, if you're going to win a premiership, you've got to be able to defend and not have injuries throughout the season. But the Roosters are certainly well below where they need to be, but they face a Panthers side tonight without Cleary. Cleary's out for 6 weeks we know at the moment. Who wins this one? I mean, I do the Panthers rely solely on Cleary? Have they still got enough firepower, do you think? Uh, it's, it's certainly a tough period for them without Cleary. The Panthers haven't been quite as dominant as they were last year um, overall, but they did win 8 of 10 without Cleary last season. He had that suspension and a few injuries earlier in the year, and they, they coped fairly well without them. It's obviously not ideal coming um, at the same time as that origin drain as well, um, and they did uh, battle a little bit after he went off against the Dragons. So it is a tough period, really looking for guys like Edward Luai, Isaiah Yo to, um, to step up and, and lead them through this. But, yeah, it, it definitely gives the Roosters a bit more of a foot in the door. They haven't been playing particularly well. Very lucky to get away against the Bulldogs last Sunday, and they're desperate for wins, um, you know, still outside the top eight. So probably the most intriguing clash of the weekend uh, to see how Panthers uh, react to clear his injury and, and see if the Roosters can take advantage of it. Yeah, and Trent Robinson's made some positional changes as well, so that's one match to keep an eye on. Uh, tomorrow, Storm against the Sharks. Sharks, hmm, Storm, you just never know. It, it's, it's a Again, I think this is an, a 50-percenter. Yeah, both really disappointing last weekend, obviously. Melbourne more disappointing getting cowed up in, in Townsville by a, a Cowboys side that were, um, you know, a, in the depths of despair only a couple of weeks ago, the most points conceded by a storm side in 20 years, which is uh, quite an amazing stat. So they'll be looking to bounce back and um, show a bit of this defensive backbone, particularly at home. Uh, Sharks are pretty flat against the Broncos, I thought. That was there for the taking against an origin-weary Broncos side. And 
only Nico Hines uh, backing up for them. Big game for him as well, uh, auditioning essentially for New South Wales. Uh, yeah, slip of the coin, but I think I'll go Melbourne at home for this one. Uh, they don't have a great record at aiming, aiming part of the Sharks, so um, yeah, I think they might get it. And you, and you don't get a choice in the last game, a Monday Night Football game, because so I'm just picking the dogs, and you don't get to say anything on this one, okay? No Dylan Brown. <laughs> the Eels are coming off the bye, so who knows? Will Brown, Will Evans, gosh, Will Brown, Dylan Brown. Will Evans from Canterbury Rugby League, you're a good man. Have a great Saturday, and thanks for joining us on the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Show. Uh, my pleasure, mate, anytime. Still more to come on the Enterprise Recruitment Canterbury Sports Show. You are listening to the Enterprise Recruitment Canterbury Sports Show with Stephen McIver on this Saturday morning, June the 10th. It's time for our local sports update brought to you by Trident Homes, designed for living, built for life. And there's just a little bit going around on the Canterbury Saturday. Uh, tonight, of course, 7.05, the Super Rugby quarterfinal, the Crusaders against the Drua at Orange Theory Stadium. I think the key to all of this one wrap up warmly. Also today at 27 Aikman Road in Maryvale, the National Full Contact Kyokushin Karate Championships. That's from 10 o'clock this morning. Now, if you want to see full contact karate, this is the place to be. Very, very cool. Very brutal. But also these people know exactly what they're doing. 10 a.m. this morning from 27 Aikman's Road in Maryvale. Also tonight, Christchurch United have a quiz night. Yeah, at the Hornby Club. 6.30, and if you want to get your teams together, it's uh, $60 for a team of six to have a little bit of fun and raise money so they can go to an, an, a national tournament a little later in the year. So that's lots to look forward to. And tomorrow, mountain biking is the Winter Gravity Series. It's the Enduro Race at the Christchurch Adventure Park, and that's a big old day for the mountain bikers. And there'll be lots of, lots of spills, lots of hard riding, so uh, keep amongst all that. That's from 8 this morning till 3, okay? 8 this morning till 3. That's the Winter Gravity Series for the Endurance Race. And that's just a little bit of a, a local sports update brought to you by Trident Homes. Proud supporters of community sport across Christchurch. You can check out our modern home plans and show home locations at tridenthomes.nz. Stay with us. We're going to talk golf and Smithy talks to Michael Gladding about Live and the PGA merging. This is the Enterprise Recruitment Christchurch Canterbury Sports Show. Enterprise, the recruitment company, improving people's lives for over 50 years. And the big golf news of the week, the PGA Tour and Live Golf merging. Huge news around the world. And earlier this week, our very own Smithy caught up with the tournament director for the New Zealand Open, Michael Gladding, and simply said, wow, what do you think? Uh, morning, Michael. Um, 24 hours down the track. <laughs> what are you thinking about all this now? Uh, I guess uh, it's, uh, still in the act in the process of bewilderment, but nevertheless, uh, kind of uh, the picture's being painted a little clearer. And, and you know, if you really analyse it, what it is, it's um, uh, I suppose if you're going to give some credit, you've got to give it credit to the Saudis. The Saudis, I would say, embarked on live golf with one end goal in mind that they wanted to to be a controlling factor within the PGA Tour. And I think that that's kind of, and when you think about it, they've actually just achieved that. You know, and uh, the players are only pawns in a very, very, very large money game, right? And um, even the live golfers, not that I feel one iota of sympathy for any of them. Some of those are just get cast aside now, you know. So it's it's kind of, it's, it's an interesting 
where it ends up, right? It ends up because if you'd have said three years ago, well, the Saudis want to buy a share of PJ Tour, everyone would have said, you know, what drugs are you taking? Um, but that's happened. And it's happened through their, their throwing so much money at a thing called Live Golf, which has bought PGA Tour to a point where they realize that financially to fight this thing is, is probably, you know, uh, they don't have the bottomless pit that the, uh, that the Saudis have. And so they've gone to the table and sold them a share of their business, which they would never have contemplated doing had Live Golf not 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 existed. So it's kind of I, I guess I'm kind of rationalising it in in terms of the murky world of money. Well, it's inevitable now, Michael. You're right. Uh, it is. It has been outlined. It, it will happen. The ins and outs and the the T's and the 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 dots on the eyes are, are still really to be uh, uh, laid out in front of us. But um, the interesting figure in all of this, um, and I think the the figure that has caused the most controversy here, is the Commissioner Jay Monaghan, who was so who was so uh, adamant that this this kind of thing could never happen under his watch. Yeah, you know, I mean, it was uh, it was actually a year ago at the Canadian Open last year where he made his uh, now famous statement about you know how these guys that are going to live need to think about nine eleven and uh, and and the hope that they think about nine eleven at the time they sign up with Live Golf and now he's just sold sold part of the whole shooting box to the people that he was uh, supposedly despising. So it just shows the uh, hypocrisy again of business and dare I say it, American business at at the very top. You know, we we uh, are really cautious and concerned about Saudi money, but I've got to say you probably should be equally concerned about American money. It's just as tainted in, in some respects, at least. Uh, you could say the Americans don't cut people up and put them in suitcases, but nevertheless, they do arm a lot of people with guns. So uh, I sound like I'm uh, wanting to solve the world here, Smithy, but um, my, the hypocrisy of what's happening um, on both sides is crazy. It's crazy. Right, okay, so uh, we've had situations where the players have had to come together, particularly for uh, the majors because of former winners and their uh, automatic qualification, etc. Now it looks like, um, and, and despite what Rory says, they're going to come back together again. How is this going to play out when you hear the comments of the McElroy, where you see the reaction of the players in the room yesterday in Canada who basically said, get the hell out of here, Jay Monaghan, we don't want anything to do with you anymore? Yes, I mean, that's, you know, I can't see uh, uh, Patrick Reed and, and Rory McIlroy sitting down and having a sandwich together, can you? When when it wasn't that long ago that Patrick Reed served him his, his summons. Um, so there's, there's been a lot of hurt, right? Um, but, I, you know, I suppose, again, if we're time does heal some of those things and you know if you look back at the uh back at uh, Kerry Packer's cricket thing you know the guys that went to Kerry Packer were all shunned and then you know in time they they all became teammates again and and I guess that's that's inevitable that that will happen um but there'll be some blood on the floor for quite some time and and there'll be some rifts that will will never heal I can't see the likes of Phil Mickelson ever to be fair I don't think he was ever very popular anyway uh, other than with the fans but you know with the, with fellow players, so you're, you're right. There'll be there'll be strains in the corridors, uh, in the locker rooms for a long, long time. Eventually, time will fix that. The guys, I really feel sorry.
sorry for more so when you think about other guys who are kind of ranked, you know, if you like, below the below the 75 mark. Because what's happened with Live Golf is that a whole lot of new guys have actually had opportunities and have come in and some have done it very, very well. And now they'll get shunted back down the end of the pile again. So, yeah, it's, it's, it, there's quite a few changes. Again, the players become a pawn in this, sadly. Even though PGA Tour has all gone around saying we're a member organisation and we do what's right for the members, the hell they are. They're a large corporate it's interesting. Uh, you mentioned the word porn. Is, is that effectively what Greg Norman was for all of us? Was he played as well? Yeah, completely. It was kind of ironical, wasn't it? I mean, uh, uh, absolutely. Uh, the fact that he wasn't involved in the discussions and was basically told, you know, five minutes before it went public, as, as it would appear Rory was as well, is absolutely staggering. But again, I, I think that that's probably get Jay Mon- Monaghan flexing his PGA muscle, saying one, you know, rule number one: before we sit down, before we talk, I'm not dealing with Greg Norman. And the Saudis are going, "Yep, yeah, okay, no problem. We'll move him along." <laughs> again. The, the, the corporate world we live in. Corporations have no soul. <laughs> and this is a man who worked for a corporation for 30 odd years, by the way, so I'm okay with it. But <laughs> I just know how it works, that's all. <laughs> so can, can Monaghan survive and uh, take up this role as CEO, or will the players at, at some point have just an ounce of power, just a little bit of power in this? I think he will survive. You know, it was quite interesting watching Rory's press conference. And if people haven't seen it, let's go onto YouTube and have a look at it. It's very, very good. And uh, and Rory was guardedly. I mean, he was praising his business skills, and I think that that's probably the messaging which uh, which PJ Tour will be shedding. And uh, whilst, as I say, I think the guys who will be really pissed, the guys who've really got a lot to lose, are unfortunately not the Rory's or the or the Justin Thomas's or John Rams of this world it's actually the guys ranked seventy five and below. They're the guys that'll mm. they'll be but they won't they won't have the power. The power will rest in the I just thought today when Rory was Sort of reluctantly, if you like, endorsing Jay Monaghan, I thought that that was quite a significant statement. Okay, right. Okay, let's just, just change tack a wee bit and talk about the positive side of golf, which actually is the playing of it. Um, Ryan Fox's first, um, well, month, I suppose, uh, with uh, a special entry into the PGA, a special dispensation. What have you made of that? Oh, it's absolutely fantastic. I mean, it's, uh, you know, his performance, even last week, I know he had a bad opening round, but if you look at what he did in the last three rounds, it's pretty phenomenal, you know, and he's really shown that he belongs there. His world ranking, I think, is 42 now. And, you know, just so great that he's done that because, again, with the shake-up that we're going to see, uh, the top, I keep saying, you know, the top sort of 50-odd in the world will be absolutely fine. Below that, there are guys that there are going to be some casualties. And thank goodness Ryan has, has excelled, you know, very much at the right time. My hat's off to him. I think he's just absolutely marvellous. You know, he's taken that opportunity. And, he, you know, he's done that through his career. If you think about it, you know, he was on the Challenge Tour in Europe and, 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 uh, and only got a few starts as a result of his management company managed to get him in the field and, and he won a tournament you know and he, he's taken he's shown the ability to take an opportunity when it's there and that's just a sign of somebody mentally in, 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 in a great space and I just love what he does and, and, and the quality of his game and he's just proving now that he belongs where he is and I think he's he's funny enough when, when he was 
about due to go to America, and I was talking to him, and uh, and I said to him, you know, you're good enough to win on the PJ Tour, and he said to me, you know what? He said people have been saying that to me for years, but it's only now that I actually believe it, and that was quite interesting. He said that to me like four or five months ago, and um, mm. and 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 I, he does believe it. So as you know, it's such a mental game, isn't it? And he, he's had a mental switch, if you like, uh, a very very positive one. I love it. I love what he's doing, and I just you know wish him all the best. He's, he's you know such a great great person and a great and a really really strong player i love it well he'll be there next week at the los angeles country club where uh, live golfers uh, those who uh, have previously won um will be there as well um butting heads with uh, whoever uh so uh, prospects for the uh, u.s open uh, next week uh, in uh, in california amazing performance by brooks kepka uh, love him or hate him um, and you've got to be thinking that he'll be there or thereabouts again. Yeah, yeah, you've got to absolutely. I mean, every time the US Open, he's got to, He probably goes into it favour every time. I mean, you know, I love what Rory's doing. I don't like the fact that he's obviously not hitting his irons as well as he should. Um, but he's again so mentally strong, and in those really big events, uh, the mental strength is probably the most important thing. So if he can if he can iron that out, it'd be interesting to see how it goes this week again in Canada as he tries for a three peat. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's the obvious targets, isn't it? I, you know, I think that, and then below that you've got the you know Sheffleys and the and and, and the Cantalays and that, which uh, which again, the cream rises to the top in the U.S. Open, and and that'll happen again. Um, but it, it, yeah, it's a fantastic goal. I'd love to I'd love to. I can't wait to be sitting in front of the TV watching that one. Okay, and just finally, of course, um, you're um, tournament director for um, Al. Um, big event. Uh, I, I just wonder, uh, we're only talking June um, here, yeah. but uh, plans underway, and, and I, I suppose looking for uh, prospective players as well. Yeah, a little, a little bit early for that. I'm actually fortunate enough to be going to the British Open, so not that there'll be a lot of players there that will be relevant to us. Um, but I'll, later in the year, we'll be heading up to Asia again and Japan, um, which is where our fertile grounds have been. Uh, but yeah, we've uh, you know we've come out of last year after a two-year gap, or it was effectively three-year gap because of COVID. Um, the tournament went really, really well. Um, we've uh, maintained all our sponsors. Delighted to say that we're uh, looking like we're going to pick up uh, some extra ones, uh, and that allows us to have a bit more resource because we were pretty resource poor last year. So yeah, it's a very we're in a very, very positive headspace, and that's without Saudi money. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm very happy with where we're heading. Okay, Michael, uh, interesting times for golf uh, globally. Uh, we'll just uh, wait to see how this plays out. It uh, gets a headline every day at the moment, so I don't think that's going to change for a while. Thanks for your time, as always. Uh, have a terrific day. Yeah, absolutely. And that's this week's Canterbury Sports Show, brought to you by Enterprise, the recruitment company improving people's lives for over 50 years. Have a great weekend, Canterbury. Yeah.